0: your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3 I want to ask you when you read the first part of 3 and when you read the first part of 4 and you realized it was Solomon who was writing and let me just read what, a little bit of 4 um, especially when Solomon wrote listen my sons to a father's instruction pay attention and gain understanding I give you sound learning So do not forsake my teaching. When I was a boy in my father's house, still tender, and only child of my mother, he taught me, in other words, David, David taught me, my dad, he taught me, lay hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands, and you will live. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. When you, heard, when you read those words from Solomon, did anything go through your mind? <laughs> Knowing the history lesson that we did a few weeks ago... And how Solomon, you know, you can tell, oh, he is so in the right place. He is so in the right place. He is he is listening to God. He's learning. He knows how important wisdom is. I loved it when he said, um, oh, please give me wisdom because who am I that I could run this country, that I could do the job. So he knew how desperately he needed the Lord. See, that's when you you know you're in the right place when you when you know that. You know you're walking justly and rightly with your God when you know that you desperately need Him, and so you can see that David is and he's spelling this out. He's saying to his kids, "Oh, you got to listen to this. This is what you need." And I'm thinking, how did you how did you step out of God's will and and then you watch the your weakness take over? You watched 700 women come after you, and you took every one of them, and they led you astray. I want to know how you can do that. And it's you step out of God's will. And we said it before. I'm going to keep saying it again because Solomon repeats. And if it can happen to Solomon, it can happen to any one of us. If we don't take this seriously, if we don't work hard at it, if we don't prioritize, if we don't realize that this book is the wisdom of God, in fact, i I, I got to tell you, I mean, we're going to get through this. We really will. But I, I have to say, I went through his, uh, I thought, okay, what is wisdom? He's just pounding on us this week. He's just telling us over and over again. That's why I don't have to really do much teaching because you're going to hear him tell you over and over how badly we need to be in this book and taking it in and learning and obeying it. And it will affect our lives. So I thought, okay, what? I did I, I could have spent days doing this, and I could spend hours going over it, but I I took just a few because I wanted you to know this is what he's talking about. These are just some of the wisdom things that he said, if you listen to it, it will make such a difference for you. Like if James, this is what James says in the fourth chapter, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin. I mean, that is such good advice. That's good counsel. That's black and white direct. In other words, if you know that something is wrong and you do it anyway, that is sin. And don't call it anything else. You could try to excuse it. You could try to do anything you want. But if you know, if the, if the Holy Spirit has, has convicted you and you just blatantly do it anyway, that is sin. That is just good to know. And then the message of the cross, this is from 1 Corinthians 1, the message of the cross is just sheer foolishness to those who are perishing. So those who have have a desire not to know a Savior, who think that they can handle life, and they think that they don't need him, and all the, um, I mean, for me, it's just so hard to fathom, but there's so many that just look to all the things of this world and think that that is what they have to put all their eggs in one basket, and, and it's all about this world. And he said, he said that the message of the cross is just sheer foolishness to them. But the fact is, they're perishing. They're, they're, they're eternally going to die. They're, etern- they're going to experience eternal death and hell. And then it goes on to say, but, but to us who have been saved by the cross— See, what a contrast. It's, it, that's the way the Bible works. You do it this way, this is what happens. You do it this way, this is what happens. It's just, there's no, I don't think it's that confusing. There's no middle of the road. You're either sold out to them or you're not. And, and when, you, when you don't realize the cross, if you don't sing, Jesus, keep me near that cross, there, a precious fountain, free to all, a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. If you don't realize that, Near the cross be my glory ever. Do you think that cross is just a bunch of nonsense? That cross is, while it's still nonsense to you, good counsel is you better know that you are going to hell. I mean, that's just the black and white of it. But if you have been to the cross, it has saved you. It is the power of God. So not only are you saved, but you're instilled now with this power of God. What a great way to live. And then, and then there's this from Peter, First Peter, Never retaliate when people say unkind things about you. Oh, hate that one, don't you? Never retaliate. That's scripture, and it says never retaliate. Isn't that something? Never retaliate when people say unkind things about you. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret today. I I hope you don't mind some of my personal stories, but you know, sometimes it's right in your own life that the Lord cements things. I'm I'm looking at this and I'm studying this and I get to this verse and I get a call from my sweet little Jenna, 16. She's uh on the swim team and and she, uh, has to, she's telling me um, she's a sophomore, and most of the girls are junior and seniors. And you know how girls can be. And uh, apparently there's one that's just given her a little bit of a problem and saying unkind things, you know, little stabs. And, uh, and she is, you know, wondering how to deal with that. And, and I'm all of a sudden, this verse is just so apropos, and I said, Jenna, never retaliate when people say unkind things to you. And then I gave her the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse is... Pay them back with a blessing. Because you know you want you know you want to pay them back somehow. (laughs) But the Bible tells us that you pay them back with a blessing. But then you know what? He always makes it worth your while. It comes back and says, and God will bless you. You know, you do it that way. And and she says, Well, you want to know what my dad told me to do? And I said, I don't know if I really want to know. (laughs) But you know what, Chad Kind of said it in the same way. Um, he said, "Jenna, don't say anything. Prove it to her in the pool. You know, and and use that as momentum. Use that as momentum. And you know, it, that really was true because that little that little kid took off and 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 took off two seconds and beat the girl. <laughs> you know, and it's again, it's not a retaliation. It's just the, he, she used it for good. she That was the blessing. She kept her mouth shut. She didn't play into the game." She didn't retaliate, and uh, and she paid it back with a blessing, and the Lord blessed her. And that's that's a hard one, but it is worth teaching. And we're always fighting that human nature, so that's why this is such good counsel. I was so glad that I could tell her, Lisa. Oh, you want to know the verse of that one? Oh, yeah. Okay, first Peter three verse nine. First Peter three verse nine. Because see that's why we need this counsel. Because what does your human nature want to do? <laughs> yeah, retaliate with the same unkindness. And and so it's and look what she would have missed. Look what she would have missed if she would have done it her own way. It would have just caused them a bigger wedge, a, a a worse relationship. And now to see all of that. Let me tell you another one. It says, dear children, this is First John five twenty one. Dear children. Keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. See, that's another great counsel. Dear children, John says, keep away from it. We're going to see when we go through these two chapters today, you're going to see that that's exactly what Solomon says too. Don't even go there. You know your weakness. Just stay away from it. If you know something that's going to take first place, that's going to want to replace God in your heart as first place, um, he said keep away from him. And then here's Psalm 46.10. I mean, we know this. Why don't we do it? Be still and what? No, know that he is God. Do you know how that would if you took that counsel when a storm hits and he, you are just rocking away and you re, and the Holy Spirit helps you recall the counsel that you have learned and you hear the Lord's wisdom feeding you saying, now just be still. No, don't complain. Don't panic. Don't fear. I'm your God. I mean, what a difference that makes in, in all that how you do and the way you handle things? If you ever want to take the time and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I'll tell you, that is just one great counsel after another of the Sermon on the Mount. And then you hear you hear Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Again, such great counsel. Pray without ceasing. Never disconnect from God. Because when your spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, he will always be feeding you do not be afraid. This is from Joshua chapter 2, when Joshua took over the, um, she took over from Moses, and can you imagine how, what that must have been like, to take over from Moses, and the Lord comes to Joshua and says, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I mean, that is such great counsel, and how many of us don't face some kind of A surprise or something that hits us and it throws us off and we get fearful or we get discouraged and and you think one more thing and, and then to be able to hear the let the Holy Spirit remind you of the counsel that you've learned. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged because I am your God and I will be where I will go with you wherever you go. Here's one from Jesus himself, John 15, where he says, love one another. As I have loved you I want you to love I want you to love and I want you to love unconditionally I want you to love with grace the way I loved you see now do you think that that would make a dent in our behavior do you think that would make a dent in the way we handle people I mean said, just love love unconditionally no strings attached because that's the way I loved you and then Paul says in first Thessalonians 5 and everything give thanks in everything, give thanks. I mean, you're not jumping on your, your pogo stick thrilled to pieces for that suffering and that obstacle in your life. But he says, give thanks for it because the Lord is going to use that. I mean, I, I know some of you from your stories that you've told me. And and the the Bible study, the study of God's word has helped you over a hump that you didn't know you could get over. You didn't know that you could face that that obstacle you didn't know that you could face that loss you didn't know that you'd ever have victory in your life again you wondered if this is the way life was going to be the rest of your life and to know that that God's word can take you over that hump and that's why give thanks because in that suffering the Lord stretched you and you found him in a way you never would have found him otherwise so he does know what he's doing so it all has to do with how much you are listening. But now I'm going to give you just a couple of things that we think is Scripture and they're not. In fact, they're downright lies. But they sound so godly that we buy into it. And one of them is uh, this temptation is just too strong for me. I couldn't resist it. The devil just made me do it and all that kind of thing. I mean, no. First Corinthians 10, 13 said, no temptation is too great. No temptation is too great if you go to the Lord for your way of escape. You know, and we have seen that two-letter word in much of this. Big, fat if. If. You, you will find victory if you do it. You will overcome temptation if you go to the Lord. You will find that he will direct your path if you trust him with all your heart. There, there is a balance. The Lord has done everything for us, but he says you've got responsibility. You've got to choose this. So another one is um, God doesn't pick favorites. I mean, um, but that's, That's scripture, God doesn't pick favorites, but the thing is, the reason why we need to know that God doesn't pick favorites because of this untruth, and that is that we're all God's children. And that's so easy to, to listen and think that we're all God's children. No, he loves us all. He created us all. But that title, that privilege to become one of his children only comes after you have seen yourself for who and what you really are. And you go to the cross of Christ, and you are covered with his grace and with his blood, and then you become one of his own. That's one of his. So, and then... Um, Oh, here's a, here's a dilly. Here's a dilly. This sounds so godly. God helps those who help themselves. That's right. And that is so not right. In fact, it's just the opposite. Jesus says it right in, in Mark, in the Gospel of Mark. He says that this is to be a follower of mine. This is what you must do. You must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow. So this whole concept about God helps those who help themselves. No, he helps those who deny themselves and come humbly before him and listen and take the time and make the effort to absorb his wisdom, his discipline, so that he can grow us up, his children. So anyway, just a couple little things here. So now, chapter 3, my son, do not forget my teaching But keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. Now, where does your human mind want to go to interpret those verses? If I do right, then I will live till at least Dot's age. Right, ninety-four, um, or I will. I will um, have all. I will have much prosperity, and I won't ever suffer financially. I will never have any money problems or anything like that. And um, and you think, do uh, what does that mean? But see, I'm trying to, in these studies, I'm trying to get you to look beyond your human eyes, and I want you to. Go beyond your human tendencies and say, "What could that possibly mean?" Because you know who's who came to my mind when I read that. To know that it's got to be beyond our physical. It's got to be beyond um, length of years, the way we see length of years, or prosperity, the way we see prosperity. The person that came to my mind was Stephen, because I'm when I go to the Book of Acts and I read the story about this man, and he is. This is what. This is how the Bible describes. This is how Luke describes Stephen. He said he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of faith. He was full of wisdom, and he was full of grace. Now, does that sound like someone that has just got it together, who knows their Savior, who has surrendered and committed their lives and yet Stephen stood there at a young age when you think, whoa, the church is just starting, how the Lord could have used him, why would he take him, why would he have to be stoned? You know, that does, if you're just looking at it in human eyes, it doesn't make sense, and we talked about that last week. But you, you think about Stephen, if he would walk in here right now, I know he would stand up in front of you and said, oh, I had length of years, I had prosperity had nothing to do with the way I first looked at it. But once I got to know Jesus, my life was full. It was complete. I was satisfied. I was fulfilled. And as far as prosperity, I found I needed nothing but him. And there he stood when he knew he was going to be stoned and put to death. He had clarity of mind to talk from Abraham all the way to Jesus himself. See, this is, this is when you take in God's counsel, when you live according to his principles that never change, by the way, you will find that your life is full, and it is satisfied, and it is content, and you will know what that means. You will know what that means, that, that, your life will, that they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. That's the way you want to live. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. The NIV, the NIV says love and faithfulness. The Revised Standard says kindness and truth. I didn't know which one. I loved. It. I loved them all. So let love and faithfulness, or kindness and truth, never leave you. Never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Boy, Solomon sure had a way of saying. Don't. You know. Just. Just put them on every part of you that you can't. You can't ever. Um, It can't leave you at all when it's written on your heart, when it is hanging around your neck. And what does that mean? It just means that you live this whether you're in front of people or whether you're alone with god that this is he is changing godly wisdom is changing your life no matter with whether you're with a crowd of people or whether you're just by yourself because it's changing you from within it's real it's not fake it's not something you turn on and off it is what's happening to you then you will win favor. You will win favor and a good name with God and man. That should matter to us. It should, it should matter that we have a good name, that, that, we have, that our name is respected, that people can trust us, that our yes can be yes and our no can be no, that people, people know that, that we have a good, trustworthy name. I think that, that Solomon says that. He says, is that important to you? Because you've got to work it. If you want a good name, if you want to have a good reputation, if you want people to trust you. So when he says, when he says those words, um, do you care about being um, in good favor with God? Remember I say all the time, you're either putting a smile on his face or he's disappointed. I mean, that's exactly what's happening. Because you're either doing it right or you're not, so you know is it does it matter to you i I can remember many instances where you know um I've heard different people say things about me that you know that just just happens when you have a, a a career that's maybe more upfront. But you know it's true. If people can't find the dirt on you, they'll make it up. And it's just it's just so hard to be able to, um, you know, not retaliate. And I can think of one instance in particular. And it took now get this, Rosalyn. 15 years. It took 15 years when I was singing at Sandy Pines to have a minister come up to me and apologize for um, believing someone um, instead of coming to me about it and seeking the truth. I mean, you know, it's just something how, um, you know, Solomon lays that down and he says, I- Live your life because people are going to say things about you. But but if you know that you're in good favor with God and you've got a good name, and um, strive for that, work for that, you know. And the people that do that to you, they'll reap what they sow. I mean, it does come back around to bite you. It does. I mean, there is such truth in that scripture. I mean, yes, you reap what you sow in good ways, but you also reap what you sow in negative ways too. So be be um really really work at um winning favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. All right. Then here's here's uh, the verses that we know so well. What is trust again what, what is it's it's a faith. An absolute trust is your faith. So whenever you want to know, if you say that, that my faith is helping me through, you know what that means? It's your absolute trust in God, even when you don't understand. So this is what Solomon is saying. He's saying, have absolute trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't leave room for self to take you in the wrong direction. Don't leave room for self to, to lie to you. To let Satan try to whisper something that is not true. So you absolutely trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. You know, common sense. You know, a lot of times common sense can, can be a good thing, common sense. But, but in this case, he is saying don't ever, don't ever think that common sense is, is better than his omniscience. And I kind of used that omniscience and said, omniscience. I mean, that's the way I put it. Don't, I never want to think that my common sense knows more than his omniscience. So that's why then the next line is, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And, and what, what does that mean? How do you acknowledge him? It means go to him. You know, go to God's word. Go and believe that they, there's always the answer. Acknowledge him. And the principle is the same. He then will direct your path. So trust him with all of your heart. Absolutely trust him. Even when you don't see the outcome or understand how this could possibly be good, trust him with all of your heart. And then don't lean on your own understanding. Believe that his sense is so much better than yours. And in all your ways, go to him. Just go to him and his promise is that he will direct your path because we don't know our future we don't know what the next step is but he does and thank, him for the answer. and thank him for the answer that's what paul says already thank him for the answer because you believe that he has one he always does might not be the one you wanted but he always will answer and his will is perfect all right now do not be wise in your own eyes do not be wise in your own eyes Oh, we think we are though, and so easy, and that's and that's the impulse first. But Solomon warns, don't go with that first impulse. You got to stop and say, No, I know that's what I would like to do right now, but you let the Holy, you give a split second for the Holy Spirit to show you the 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 right way. Don't do not be wise in your own eyes. He always has a better way. He always knows how to handle the situation better than you do. So, do not be wise in your own eyes. I put in my Bible that God's intellect, not only is his sense, but his intellect is so much greater than my intellect. And I, I so often will step out in my own intellect. And when have I got to learn? And this is what he clobbered me with this week over and over. He beats himself over and over. I don't know. I'm not smart enough. my intellect is not greater than his my common sense is not greater than his omniscience fear the Lord fear the Lord he he goes back it's kind of like going back to the beginning fear the Lord because sometimes we take the Lord off his throne We, we, we get him off that position of awe and majestic and the ruler and blessed controller of all things sometimes we do that. We kind of remove that image in our mind. But we have to go back and fear the Lord because that's the beginning of godly wisdom because we put him in his place. And again, when you have God in his place, what will you have a tendency to do? Listen to him. You will listen to him because you know he's that great. You know he's all wise. So when you keep put him back in his proper place, then you have a tendency to listen to them more. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Again, where does your human eyes want to go? It wants to go to that physical meaning. Oh, then I will never get cancer. I will never have disease rampant in my body. I will never have Parkinson's. I will, it's so. It's so easy to then think, well, what happened? What happened here? I think... He is trying to say, would you just take a look at a lot of the, our consequences, even in our bodily health. We know that disease is a result of sin, but a lot of things, and I, I looked it up, a lot of things like um Diabetes, stroke, heart attack, heart disease, high blood pressure, bone loss, kidney stones, a lot of that is because we didn't listen to wise counsel and take, our, take care of our bodies the way we were supposed to. And because of that, we pay the consequences of, of what happens. I mean, I know we don't like to hear this. And I, as I was studying this, I, I went to Post Family Farms and got a donut. I mean, I, mean, I did. But uh, come on, everything in moderation. But, you know, when, once we get into these bad habits and we make this an, an ongoing process and we just let unhealthy things take over us, then what makes you think that then your body isn't going to respond to it? This, I guess Psalm is just trying to say, now think about that, would you? A lot of the consequences that you're battling now are because, I mean, not all. We know some of the disease and that are sins in the world. But some things we battle are consequences of our not listening and learning and obeying and doing what he says. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Under the Lord with your wealth again. Says just keep remembering that every good and perfect gift comes from above. So you might have you whatever you have. Believe it or not, you know it's all relative. You know, so I mean, you think about our our country versus a third world country. You know, I mean, our wealth is so great here, and. he says, honor the Lord. In other words, uh, use it. Use it. What is our human tendency? Without godly counsel, without listening to godly counsel, what is your and my natural tendency to do with our money? Keep it spending on yourself, right? It's all about us, and that's right. And so uh, just another reminder, he says, just want godly counsel is that, that if everybody... Because um, you think, well, I earned it. Well, yeah, but who gave you the gifts and the abilities to do what you did to earn it? I mean, you cannot, you will never convince me that, that God isn't the instigator of it all. I mean, no matter, you know what, he started the process, but he, he distributes accordingly. In my heart, I believe that if everybody did their part, there would be no needs. But because we don't listen to godly counsel... We listen to our human self and our own common sense and reasoning. Yeah, but we need, we need, I need, I need you know. And, uh, but it's, he says, honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What does that mean? Can you ever outgive him? No. Now there there are some real nuts out there who are who fundraise by saying, if you give this much, the Lord will give you a hundred times back. So there's people emptying their savings, think that a hundred times back is going to come, you know, in the form of a check. It's going to come in the mail, you know. And there's some who, because they're not believing godly wisdom, and they're believing these kook heads that are saying this nonsense. Now that's not, and they'll take, they'll lift a verse like that right out of there. And they'll use that verse. But here, you know, you give the Lord the first fruits. It will never, ever not come back to you. But it might not come back to you in the way of the same way that you gave it. It might come back to you in a far different way. But it will always come back to you. You cannot outgive God. It will always come back in a greater way. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Why do you need to be reminded of that? Because not one of us loves discipline. None of us. I had to go to Hebrews. I had you read the writer, how the writer expressed that, even used these words of Proverbs. And that, no, discipline is not pleasant. However, if you are willing to be trained by it, you're going to reap a harvest. In other words, what comes out of you is going to be so much better. So, in fact, in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer even says, how about looking at, at it this way, endure hardships as discipline. He even has, this is another way to look at the suffering that you're going through right now that this can be a discipline that is trying to stretch you and move you more forward so that you'll seek him more, so you'll find him more, so that your faith in him will be more absolute trust than what you had before. But what a different, what a different flip that this suffering could be, a discipline that he is going to use to stretch you and that out of you will come even greater things says that because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in, blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. So now he comes back and he says, okay, now that we've talked about um, your wealth, your body, the health of your body, your wealth, um, discipline, Sometimes the Lord's got to correct. Sometimes he's got to rebuke. And, and he comes back to say, but the, but the benefit is so worth it. Because it isn't, it is, it's hard to do it God's way. It's, it is hard to follow his principles. It is hard to put self at bay when it's so right there in front. And that's why I chose to do Romans every other week, because we need a reason to work hard at this. And Romans gives us that, that substance of Jesus and what he came to do for us. And if he hadn't, and, but because he did and all that. Then, that, then you have that desire. You start to say, oh, thank you for that discipline. It's another thing that writer of Hebrews talks about. Did you ever think about that if he didn't love you, if he didn't love you, if he didn't care about you, if he had just let you go? I mean, you've said that to your kids. I've said it to my kids. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't care. But that's the truth. I mean, that's what the writer said in Hebrews. Take a look at how much he loves you and realize that that discipline is a sign of love or it just lets you think that you know better and let you go. And so be glad. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. And what is blessed is that inner that inner blessing. I don't know if some of your versions use the word happy. <laughs> and, and I know what the versions are trying to say, but I, I just love the word blessed so much more than the word happy because to me blessed means inside. He blesses me from within. He gives me what this world can't. When I look at a word like happy, even though I know what it's trying to mean, I get confused with that word happy because my happiness a lot of times depends on the things in this world. But real blessing, he says, you know, no, you might not be happy all the time, but you can still know my blessings, that inner, that inner joy, that inner peace. His blessings are so much richer and better and long-lasting than the outer happiness. Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding, for she is more valuable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So the Lord's wisdom is... more profitable than silver, better than any gold, precious than rubies. And I like the song, even more beautiful than diamonds. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. You know, it just, Psalm is saying, you can't go wrong with it. You will just reap so much, so much blessing when you do it right. So he uses sentences like "Long life is in her right hand, and in her left are riches and honor." It's just such a great way to live. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life; wisdom is a tree of life. To those who embrace her, to those who lay hold of her, will be blessed. That tree of life, and. And those who but you have to embrace her. What does, what does that mean? You're going to see Solomon say the meaning of that word pretty soon when he says, hold on. You've got to embrace wisdom. You've got to want it. But it will be worth your while. It just keeps going back. Same, same message, back and forth. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundation. By wisdom, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided, and the clouds let dew, let drop the dew. There's sometimes I like to just listen, even though they're way over my head sometimes, but I love to listen to a scientist talk about the universe or talk about this world. And when they talk in scientific terms and, and it, it, you know, how many stars are... Have you ever been to the planetarium? Oh, I just love the planetarium at the Grand Rapids Museum. And and when I hear them talk and describe the the heavens, you know... They don't say it, but I know. And I'm laying back, and it's so comfortable in those chairs, and I'm looking, and I'm thinking to myself, and he did that. And he created it just out of his mouth. And it all just runs perfectly. You know, the sun the moon and stars, the, the, the whole thing, the way it all just works. And they're finding that there's there's more galaxies out there than they ever thought. It's just beyond our human rationalization. And they don't put a reason why, but I know. And that's just because he was so wise in his knowledge and how to put it all in motion. So Solomon says, look at the wisdom, and that's the same wisdom that he wants to give us. My son, and he says, he makes that statement about the, the, the awesomeness of creation and to think that that same wisdom We can be following. So he says, my son, preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let it out of your sight. So preserve sound judgment and discernment. That means you have the ability to make right decisions. So why in the world don't you listen, and why do you make bad ones and then have to suffer the consequences? My son, preserve sound judgment. You've been given the ability through God's word and his spirit to make right decisions don't let it out of your sight. They will be life for you. They will be life for you. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned, you know, my brother before, and, and I bring it up again because, you know, we talk about this quite often, and he still to this day wonders if he would have listened and learned and obeyed, he wouldn't have been kicked off that baseball team. And you wonder if the if your life would be different, and and so you can't help but see that, you know, that the Lord says that when you listen and learn and obey, it can make a difference in how the rest of your life goes. Because that is life for you, and if you don't do it, then guess what? That's life for you too. You follow what I'm saying? That's, that's just right. So, I mean, it could affect the whole, the whole rest of your life and how it all turns out. So that's why when he says that, they will be life for you. Yeah, makes a big difference who you're listening to. They, uh, they will be life for you, an ornament to grace your neck. Then you will go on your way in safety. Your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. When you are constantly feeding with God's truths, he's saying, you know what? You don't have to go to bed feeling guilty. You don't have to go to bed feeling regrets. You don't have to, you don't have to try to go to sleep, and you're worried, and you're panicked, and you wonder how oh, this is going to turn out. He says, no, go to sleep. I've got this. So he's saying it can even affect everything about you from the the way you walk in safety, the way you walk with confidence, knowing that God's got this. He's got you. And when you're listening and following and you're trusting him with all your heart and you're listening to him to guide your path, he said you walk in safety, your foot will not stumble, you won't second guess yourself. I got to tell you, you know, years ago when I started teaching Bible study, I just am so grateful the Lord keeps growing us and keeps showing us. Because I used to go home after Bible study and I I'd lay there and I would think, now why did I say that? Now why didn't I say that? Now you know, and it was you just drove me crazy. It just ate away at me. And I and I, in all seriousness, I did do that. And now I have learned that when I commit this study to the Lord, when I commit and say, Lord, I am opening my mouth to you. Show me the truth. Let me just say what needs to be said. And I am trusting you to use this. I turn it all over to you. And when I make that commitment, I do not go home and say, because you know what? That's like saying, I don't trust him to do that in me. There's some things that I think, oh, boy, that was a little harsh. But then I come back and I think, you know what? But that's just what it said. Sorry. I can't soften what God says. That's our problem. We soften too much. We water down. We loosen up because we don't really want to hear the directness. Like Solomon is saying, it is that black and white. But it is so refreshing. It's so freeing to be able to say, Lord, I want to be used by you. This is all up to you. Now you open my mouth. I've studied. I've done everything that I possibly can. Now you bring it to my recall. And I just, I leave it. When I leave here, that's it. And this is so freeing, and it is for you too. When, you, when the Lord's called you to do something, you, you do the best you can. You study the best way you can. You do whatever it takes, and then you say, Lord, it's up to you. And then you let it be. And that's what he says here. You can walk straight forward in safety. You don't, your foot doesn't stumble. You don't go to bed at night worried, sick. And then this is, look at, have no fear of sudden disaster. And that's hitting us one after the other. And he's saying, have no fear of sudden disaster. Because what the, what the fear that you and I are supposed to have is the fear of, of, of who he is. And that's the beginning of wisdom. So, But have no fear, human fear, of sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked. Because look at verse 26. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being snared. It won't trip you up. No. If you're confident in God, if you are confident and you're listening to his wisdom, it won't trip you up. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back later. I'll give it to you tomorrow when you now have it with you. Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you. Do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done you no harm. Sick. What makes a person do that anyway? Man, that's, that's just disgusting. But you know what? Be careful. Because you know what you know what causes behavior like that? A bad heart. Jealousy. It, all, all of that happens, and that's just the, the bad heart, a bad heart. I guarantee you, when we care about our heart, the body will follow. When we care more about what's in our heart and being real in our heart, the body will take care of itself. We have to, and he's going to say guard your heart in just a few minutes, because you have to. It's very important, because what causes behavior like that is a bad heart. I saw a little phrase that said uh, um, about, uh, oh, the car must have been drunk that hit this person. The car must have been drunk. And it listed a whole bunch of stuff, and now we want to blame, you know, Oh, that gun, that terrible gun is what did that. Now, you know what? It behind, it's the people, it's the bad heart that did it. It's the heart of man that we are, we're not taking godly wisdom. We think that we can solve problems by taking this away and this away. and that. No, that was not a drunk car. It was a bad-hearted person that did not listen and did what was wrong. So you know th- this is where come on. This is what Psalm is saying. Come, just think about it. We have a tendency to want to blame everything, and uh, no, bad heart, a man, is going to cause this kind of behavior. I read a, um, a Bonnie told me this about C.S. Lewis, and uh, C.S. Lewis said this. He says, um, "I don't have a soul." Can you believe the C.S. Lewis saying that? "I don't have a soul." He said, "I." I am a soul and I have a body so in other words the soul of us that's why we love it as well with my soul why we love that song so much because if we work on having our soul well our body will follow we should be working more that's why that's why um CS Lewis said no I want to know I am who I really am is the soul of me it's not this outer shell Makes good sense, doesn't it? Do not envy a violent man. Do not envy a violent man. What is that? Do, I, I don't like to see the word envy and violent in the same sense. Because you know what that means? That means that we look, um, a lot of heroes today, a lot of our kids are looking to people who are violent people. Who, um, I think that line means be very careful who, you, who is your mentor, be very careful who your hero is. Do not envy violent man. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. Don't you find today that, that the heroes of today, sad, are not definitely the heroes of the Bible? For the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. See, look at the contrast. He detests, he detests the, a perverse man. But if you choose to, to to be upright, he will take you into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but fools he, but fools he holds up in shame. What does that mean? I just put in my Bible, I don't know if it's right or not, but it sure makes me sit up and take a little... I'm taking notice but fools he holds up in shame I look at that there's gonna be a judgment <laughs> there is gonna be a judgment and I'll tell you those fools are gonna be held up in shame at judgment and to think it's not gonna happen is just being an ostrich sticking your head in the sand it's gonna happen and if your sins are not dealt with at the cross of Christ and what's so beautiful is even though I know that I'll sin again, I know that because of Jesus, I know that my sins have been bought and paid for past, present, and future. They are under the blood. Now, that doesn't mean that I have a license to sin. No, but the Lord will confront me with it. And like David, he'll put my sin ever before me. And he wants confession or repentance. But the fact that the blood of Christ covered all my sins. But if you think you're going to sneak in and you think that his sin is not going to be dealt with, no. At Judgment Day, you know, Jesus came first to save people. He came the first time to save and shed his blood so that we could have this redemption. But for those who don't want to listen to his counsel and learn and obey, sin will be dealt with. And it's called Judgment. And then it's too late. I mean, that, that's just the reality. And I don't think we hear that enough because that's the truth. Okay, it's 11 o'clock, and I really, I've read most of chapter four to you already. Um, but I, I love words like what Solomon said in verse six do not forsake wisdom. Do you realize that these words will protect you? <laughs> love wisdom. And these words will watch over you and keep you from going in the wrong direction. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom, though it cost all you have. I mean, doing it God's way, sometimes it is a selfless thing. It's putting yourself away. It's denying yourself, but it is so much, it's so worth it. It will cost you everything. Get understanding. Esteem her. Esteem wisdom. Embrace wisdom. It will just come back and give you so much more. Solomon here is laying out how valuable this wisdom is. Listen, my son, accept what I say. Look at verse 13. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. And look how direct he is. Do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. That's the best counsel he can give you. Don't go there. Turn from it. That's why I quick put that in there this morning. Turn your eyes. Because you've got to turn. Your natural way of is going the way of the wicked. That is just our natural pull. And we have got to turn. And then the things of this world grow strangely dim. And then he says, for they cannot sleep till they do evil. I mean, the pull of evil. It's just that evil does not rest. Donna, you and I were talking beforehand. Evil is everywhere. So don't think you can go anywhere without it. Even if you're in your house and you think no one can get to you. Yeah, but you watch that through the TV and you're listening to all that, and it just absorbs your heart and you take in all that stuff. You Watch what it does to you. So it is everywhere. But look at verse 18. To me, this is such a beautiful verse. Look, the path of the righteous. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the light, full light of day. It gives you such a picture of when you walk in God's way. It's it's light. It's it's just beautiful. It's there's no, there's no regrets. There's just there's no guilt. It just feels right. You're living out love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentle self-control. You're, people are watching this. People are being won to Christ because of you. To me, that verse said all that. But the way of the wicked is like the deep darkness that they don't even know what makes them stumble. And then finally, my son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. I looked at that and I thought, you know what godly wisdom is? It's like medicine when you 're sick, you take this medicine, you take this antibiotic you you it makes you well, it takes away the bacteria it takes it takes away and this is what wisdom will do it 's like a great medicine that leads you to God instead of leads you to yourself above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life and then Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly on him. Boy, the Hebrew writer said this too. Fix, fix your eyes. Not just look. Put it there and keep it there. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. What direction is the Lord having us? What direction is the Lord's direction? It's always forward, it's always forward. It's never backward. And it's never side to side, even. So when he says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. tell you, keep moving forward. The best life is when you listen, when you learn, and when you obey. I'm telling you, it's a great way to live. So let's do it. Have a good week.